So we are live streaming this, uh, and we're doing it on actually on Saturday night, but uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Sunday morning, we'll be here live as well. You'll be able to, of course, catch the live stream anytime, but we'll also be here uh, outside and uh, soon to be inside, but over the next few weeks we'll be uh, outside for sure. So I just want to let everybody know about that. In the case of bad weather or something that happens, we'll scoot inside as well. So I just want everybody to know about that. All right, well, today I want to talk about responding to the Lord's great favor. And great is a good word of great, great, great favor on all of us, the whole world, and on his people especially. And uh, I'm going to read portions of the Christmas story. I'd like to begin with verse uh, 26 of Luke 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your, serv- may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So hopefully you'll have an outline, or maybe there'll be some pieces of the outline here as we go through this. Um, we always have something for people to read off there a little bit, and um, so we are able to bring the scriptures as well as some main points. And the first main thing I want to just say and highlight is this phrase, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. See, the favor that Mary experienced is the favor God gives to everyone who responds in faith to the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, her favor was special, being the mother of Jesus and so on, but the idea is the same, that when we come and receive Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, the Lord is with us in a unique way, a special way, so much with us that actually he comes and resides on the inside of us, just like Jesus uh, resided in Mary and then grew and became the baby Jesus, right? But we have the seed of Jesus, the, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us when we get saved. This favor Mary experienced is the same favor God gives to everyone who responds in faith to the good news of Jesus Christ. So I love the word favor a lot. I like to think of it even just saying, I have favor, or we say that to people all the time, oh, the favor of the Lord's on you. That was favor, man. I can't believe you got that job. That was favor. I can't believe... The Lord healed you that way. What favor you have in your life. Well, look at the children you have and the marriage or whatever it it might be. So this word favor is a really nice word. And uh, so the thing is, it's important, though, with regard to favor, to understand that it doesn't just stay in a happy bubble of nice thoughts, you know, or or, uh, good intentions. God releases his favor to us in the harshest and most difficult circumstances of our lives. That's the favor of God. He invades. Uh, favor in some ways is violent. It's, a, it's an act of war against those things that would war against us because we're accepted, because we're an unusual relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mary accepted her invitation to favor despite her questions. And she's a perfect 
picture of all who believe. Look what she says. How, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, so we've read about this as believers. Maybe we've been through umpteen Christmases and stuff, but this is uh, pretty dramatic stuff if you're a Mary. I mean, this is an amazing thing. She's just been called, uh, that she's been set, uh, she's been made aware that she's going to uh, somehow be endowed with this Spirit of God on her and it's going to overshadow her. She's going to become pregnant. And the Holy One's going to be the Son of God. And I don't know very many people have received more dramatic news than that, or more dramatic favor. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Now, I've said this many times, but I just, if you just put this in context, understand that she was probably 13, 14 years old, on the young teen side, and this word comes to her. Uh, I, I just really think that, uh, and it's an a- on the, wor- the words of an angel as well. I just think this next response is so dramatic, so amazing, and so much what God's looking for. You know, I, I think that God wants to give favor in more and more dramatic portions we can imagine, but he, he really loves faith. He loves it so much that he says in the Scripture, without faith it's impossible. But please, God. So I think what we're seeing here, when she says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word be to me be fulfilled. Uh, my, that must have warmed the heart of God. But how many of us would have said that? How many women, men, anybody having that kind of visitation, that kind of privilege, you're going to be now the mother, basically, of God, of the Son of God? I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. How I believe God longs to hear those sort of responses when God is entrusting something to us or trying to get us to do something uh, in his service. Elizabeth declares Mary's response as faith in verse 45. So we look at verse 45, it says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So she goes and visits Elizabeth, but one thing Elizabeth says is, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her, and and blessed as she was. And then if you... Um, as we, and if we read through these, uh, these scriptures, uh, uh, we see that really the, battle, the blessing is fought, on, in the, uh, fought for on the battleground of faith. What, whether it's for salvation, healing, finances, or something else, what we think, what we say, and how we respond to God make, uh, t- makes all the difference. So Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Mary believed this, but she had faith to believe. And so you read again now through the rest of these verses, and you read her response. Now remember, she isn't saying this at the end of the blessing. She's saying this even before people know she's pregnant, even before she has delivery of this child, even before the child grows up. Listen to this response. Because remember, blessing in our lives is fought on the battleground of faith. In other words, You've been given a word of favor, but your faith is what brings it forth. What is it, for salvation or healing, finances or something else? God may speak all the news in the world to you, but the currency, so to speak, of the kingdom is faith and belief. So here's Mary's faith. First she says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Uh, Elizabeth says this to her. Then Mary says, 
My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You can tell just by these words, she's got it. She owns the promise. And this promise is as real and sure as the words she's saying. For he has been mindful of the humble servant of, uh, state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great deeds for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be faithful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So she begins to prophesy this event. She has got it. She, she has got it inside of her, not just inside of her physically, but inside of her emotionally, mentally. This faith inside of her is creating, declaring. And I, I just believe that as we think about the Lord's favor, it's not enough to know that the Lord has favor us in an area, but then we have this battleground of faith where we exercise our faith. We declare it with our mouth. We declare it with our actions. And then... The promise comes forward. What a great example of this Mary is. Now, even for our salvation, we look at Romans chapter 10, verses 6 to 13. We see this whole thing that described on how a person comes to know the living God, how it comes to know and comes into personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus, of course, with his death and his resurrection, then gave this incredible invitation that all who would come to him would be saved. But here's how it works. But the righteousness that is by faith says... Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? This is one of the most exciting things of all. The word. What word? The promises. The word of favor. The word of God's full of promises and favor. The word, that word that blesses you, that word that wants to change your circumstance, is near you. It's so near you, it's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. See, as we see Mary's life, we see that that word was in her heart, but also in her mouth as she makes this amazing declaration. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So basically we see in here a picture of how people call on the name of the Lord through Mary's life, through the beginning of how it was in the beginning, how this plan of salvation evolved. All of it is filled with the very ingredients of how a person comes to know Jesus Christ, how a person is born again, how a person comes to walk with the Most High God, how the Lord releases favor into your life once you've responded. So listen, as we see in this Christmas story, walking in the favor of God is a wild and wonderful ride. Usually we think of favor as, whoa, it's all tame now, everything's okay now. But I'll tell you, a favor of God is anything but tame. We're going to see this in this story. Because the favor of God will take you through a lot of... Uh, uh, dips and turns like riding a roller coaster sometimes. Not always, but some of the more dramatic things I've ever experienced in faith that God wanted me to do was quite a ride, and I'm still on quite a ride. It never gets any uh, less scary or any less exciting. We want to walk in this favor, but let me warn you, uh, oh, you're so favored. Oh, there's such favor on you. But you know that price of that favor was Jesus and what he did for you on the cross first, and then your response to that. And so that's how we make progress in the kingdom because lots of times standing in our way of what we need uh, 
uh, and standing in that way of, of, uh, the way of what we're supposed to apprehend in God is a big fat demon or demonic powers or authorities or other people or problems or situations that aren't too excited about the favor that's on us. So favor is uncomfortable and it's awesome at the same time. Highly favored means you can't be defeated by anything in life or anything the devil throws at you because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. That's what the angel says to Mary. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you makes all the difference. If the Lord is not with you, then there's a problem no matter how much uh, you have going for you, you know, how much you want to do. It's the whole decisive thing is decided by the Lord is with you. You're greatly favored. Great, greetings you who are highly favored, Mary. The Lord is with you. Now, I want to just read just a few more verses here as we go along. You see, Mary didn't expect to have her baby in a stable where shepherds showed up with news of angels singing in the sky. And I'm just going to go through a whole litany of things. She responded, but she had no idea what the ride was going to be. Like I said, it's a wild and wonderful ride, this thing called favor. It's not everything swept into a corner and just fine now. It could be, but usually that's even after an epic battle, especially if it's worth getting, or especially when we have these high points of our life when we see supernatural activity in our walk with God. So we read Luke chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. So it's a description of what happens in the process of this favor, right, with, the, with, uh, with all of this activity I've been describing. Uh, first, uh, Luke chapter 2, um, let me read this starting with verse 4. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and to Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. <laughs> so, you see, this favor's looking kind of crazy now. They're already in this like manger-like thing, and this is where the child's going to be born. Well, I don't think she really probably figured on that, but okay. But then it gets even crazier. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. And so they're watching over their flocks, and all of a sudden these angels, this angel appears to them and announces that, uh, about the child and, and, and where to find him. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Lying in a manger. Then look at verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the, hand, the heavenly hosts appear with the angel, praising God. Now this is the shepherds that are out in the field. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his, what? Favor rests. On whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, I don't think that Mary was thinking in those terms, right? She didn't know all this was, that was about to happen. She, she had no idea. But yet it happens, right? And so that's what I'm just saying. This angels announcing and so on and so forth. What a wild ride. Now Joseph and Mary marveled even as they went into the temple, the prophetic words of Simeon and Anna. But Mary was also told that a sword would pierce her heart. We'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, but she was also told that a sword would pierce her heart foretelling the death of Jesus. So favor takes some wild turns in our life. In Mary's journey of, earthly, of heavenly favor, she learned to depend on Jesus for miracles. 
So while this child's alive, we see these amazing miraculous stories. So like one was the wedding at Cana, which is one of my favorite stories. And there Jesus is at the, we- is at the wedding and they run out of uh, wine. So, so she looks at Jesus and says, you know, what are we going to do? Now evidently in his childhood and the upbringing and what had happened before, he'd been doing a few miracles here and there. And she knew he had the power to do it. And, uh, so, and she wanted to bless this family. So she says, hey, let's get some miracles going here, right? So he eventually does. And uh, the wine starts going forth. It's actually multiplied out of the water. And the servants know it and everybody knows it. So these are wonderful stories of the heavenly favor that was on Jesus and the family. But also with favor comes some difficult things. So I want you to know, I'm just trying to say to you that when favor comes on us, there also is resistance at times. And just because we have resistance does not mean that we're unfavored. It means we're on the way to fulfilling the call of God for our life. And so we see Jesus in Mark chapter 3, 20 to 21. His ministry begins to lift off. But interestingly enough in those verses, the family actually thinks he's a little bit crazy. They come to take charge of him, it says. Because <laughs> they didn't know what to think. They didn't think that favor was going to take him there where all of a sudden he's this celebrity and like he's, he's like uh, saying things like he's the son of God and, and people are actually believing him and thousands of people are following and believing him. And you know, here's a really uh, amazing thing, that uh, just a good illustration of, of where his family was at. You know, the poor family, the favor of God's come. But I'm just trying to say this thing called favor can sometimes be a wild and crazy ride. And so we look at John chapter 7, um, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. That doesn't sound like favor to me. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Hey, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Now, interesting. She... The favor of God's obviously on Mary, obviously on Jesus, but this favor is taking some crazy turns. Like, now people are trying to kill him. Well, I don't understand how you can have favor in your life and people want to kill you, but that's exactly what's happening. And his own family's having a really hard time with it. They like the part where he multiplies the wine, but they're not so sure about this public figure. They're accusing him of wanting to be famous, and his own brothers, it says, did not even believe in him. You can just imagine the kind of tension Like I said, walking in the favor of God can be a really wild and wonderful ride. And I've experienced this myself, both in the positive and in the negative, as I've had to make decisions about career and direction and where I live, and my family sort of watching, and they were all supportive eventually. But in the beginning, it was a little crazy because I made uh, quite a few root turns in my life. One of them is I just walked right out of medical school. That was the favor of God. I don't think many people saw it at the time. They wondered, you know, what's, what's going on here, you know? How can you just change? And I didn't really have anything to drop into either. But there's those changes, and that was the favor of God in me. That's where God was taking me, even though it felt difficult for those around me, and it was difficult for me. And I wondered more than once whether I'd made the right decision in the beginning. But favor is like that. It's a wild and wonderful lot ride, but remember the wild part. Because <laughs> if you really want to walk with God, it's going to be a little bit out of the ordinary, especially if God's called you to anything uh, significant. I think that's the way it works. So I want to look at uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 48. So Mary says in Luke 148, 148, all generations will call me blessed. 
So how do you go from all generations will call me blessed to standing at the cross of your crucified son? And that crucified son is saying to the man next to her, John, to take her into his house. That's a ride. But then, shortly afterwards, three days to be exact, she sees him in his resurrected body. He resurrects from the dead. And then she gets baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wow! All this is the favor of God. Talk about wild changes. You know what? I want favor on my life. Be careful how you say that. It can involve some really crazy, wild changes. Don't be surprised if there's change when God gets a hold of you. It's always good, but it's scary too. Those who know they are highly favored learn that actually power is perfected in weakness, like a baby in a manger or the Son of God hanging in on a cross. Well, I didn't think about that. I mean, yeah, of course he did all that, but for me to have favor, I'm not sure that it would mean anything that dramatic, or would it? Sometimes there are losses. Sometimes there are things that we look like we're going backwards instead of forwards. But if you feel like you're going backwards instead of forwards, if you feel extraordinarily weak instead of strong, if you felt like you tried to get on the strong train, but all you got on was the weak train, don't despair. Because it's so important for us to see the kingdom life, see what God's doing behind the scenes. Look at Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I just want to read a couple of verses, verses 9 and 10. Sorry, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. He makes this amazing pronouncement. This is a very dangerous thing. He's talking about this thorn in the flesh, this somehow this weakness that he was made to experience. And he asked the Lord three times to take it away from him, but the Lord said this to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. So when the favor of the Lord comes, lots of times the favor, the power, the grace comes in weakness. So he says, well, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. He made a religion of it. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses. Are you kidding me? In insults. Are you kidding me? Doesn't sound like favor to me. In hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So he's talking about the strength and the will of God. Usually when you say, oh, there's favor on you. You don't mean all that, do you? How many of us would say that? But Paul's saying just that about his life. Because Jesus said, you know, when he asked him about all this stuff he was going through, he says, you know, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Even outwardly you may be having difficulties. My grace is sufficient because power, my power to bless other people, my power to actually be used, my power for you to show favor to someone else is sufficient for you through grace. And even in your weakness, my name's glorified. In your weakness more people respond, more favor will come through you than in what you would think of as your strength. What an amazing scripture that is. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Israel learned that as they moved toward the promises of God that even when the manna stops, the economy of the promised land begins. Sometimes when one form of favor stops, it's only to make room for more favor. 
such a picture of that, but we forget that in our lives. We say, I want the favor of God. I want to walk with God. Well, if you really want to walk with God, you've got to read the pages and understand. And so when difficulty or trauma or trial comes, or it seems like you were going this way and it was going so good and you had so much favor, and then all of a sudden it's like something changed. Well, I suppose there could be problems there. You want to go back to the root of it if there was anything your fault. But sometimes change is simply the beginning of a new set of promises for your life. Every change for a believer is an opportunity for a more, not less. How could that be? Well, there's so many examples and so many ways to explain it, but maybe the best summary is Romans 8:28. And we know that in all things. Uh, how many things would that be? Uh, all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So with the believer, you're highly favored. And everything that happens to you, bad or good, is working together for your good. God makes it so. And so it's so important that we flow with the favor of God. Even Paul, when he asked him, God, you know, all these people are getting healed. All this blessing is coming when I minister. But what about me? So don't worry about it, Paul. I got it covered. But have you noticed something? Power is perfected in weakness. Have you noticed something? That when you're weak, so much gets done. Have you noticed how when you're weak and you're in the bottom of a sail with Silas and Ephesus and then you, I mean, sorry, Philippi, and you start singing and worshiping and then all of a sudden the jail door is open and you walk out the door and the whole town gets saved. How about that, Paul? It wasn't good while you were doing it, but when you were worshiping despite the problems, you could have just retreated and said, oh man, what am I doing? I must have hit a dead end. I must, we should never, Silas, remind me never ever again to come to Philippi. They didn't say that. They just worshipped while they're at the bottom of that cell. And the favor of God got even stronger. Jail cell blows open. Chains fall off. People come to Christ. In his weakness, the whole town comes to the Lord. And this is the way God works. Like I said, favor is an uncomfortable ride sometimes. It's awesome, but uncomfortable at the same time. I can't under, uh, underline that more. As you read through the scriptures, it's uncomfortable, but awesome at the same time. Israel's going to go into the promised land. Yay! Ah, only one detail. You've got to remove Jericho and about a dozen other cities. We've got to go to war? Oh no, what are we going to do? Wow, this thing's been so much, wow, we've been so much favor us in the desert. You fed us. But we didn't think this much favor was going to lead to this. But guess what? They found out they could fight. And they found out they could get more. And they began to go for more. Favor is a crazy ride. People who, are, who know they are highly favored, and this is how you know you're walking with God in the right way, are attuned to watching for the fingerprints of God in everyday life. In other words, they're always paying attention. They don't look at problems the same way. They assume that they're favored, so they're wondering, okay, what are we doing now? Okay, what are we doing now, God? What's next? What's next? What blessing do you have for me now? This is kind of not good. I don't like this, but what's behind this? What, where, can, where are we going? I know that all things are working together for my good. So these fingerprints, what, where is it, Lord? Where's your blessing? They, see, they never despise the day of small things because they know like Mary, there is promise and destiny with God in their life. And we see this in the life of Simeon and Anna. 
I just mentioned it again. And I just, there's such a great example in the Christmas story. And so after Jesus is born, we see them going to see, the, going to the temple and dedicating Jesus. And I want to read these words. It's so powerful. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So this guy is hanging around in the temple. He's waiting because the Lord said he's going to show him the Messiah. Now, I'm not sure what he was thinking in the beginning when that word came, but probably in the beginning he was thinking he would see this amazing leader that would stride in and, and he would know it was God, but here comes a baby. But he's been walking in the Spirit. He's so finely attuned. Look what it says. But moved by the Spirit, the Spirit moves him. He, he feels the presence of God. He goes into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's mother and father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So, these people, Simeon, and we're going to read about Anne in a minute, they had the favor of God on them. They're ministering to the Lord. And the Lord had revealed to them that he would not die before he sees the Messiah. And he's so attuned, so believing in the favor of God, that when that baby shows up, the Spirit's quickened to him. He sees it. You see, I think our greatest battle is seeing favor. Favor wears different clothes sometimes, but he has seen enough. He understood the glory that was going to come. He also understood the pain that was going to come to Mary because sometimes favor has two edges, but it always ends well. It always ends well. But understanding favor and how it works in our life is just so important, learning to respond to the Lord's great favor. God is so big that he encompasses all around our problems, our death, our life, everything works together for his purposes and ultimately ours. So people who are highly favored are attuned to watching for the fingerprints of God in their everyday life. Without bias, they're just looking for God. They're so attuned to God that they see Him. They see what He's doing here and there because their expectations are they want God. That's all they want. And they feel the favor of God in their life. And they have the faith to see it when it comes. And there's this other woman. Her name is Anna. And there was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. We can't imagine that. See, favor does that. The Spirit of God was on her. No amount of discipline would allow her to go all those years. She had God on her. She was day and night fasting and praying in the obvious favor of God. If you ever see someone like that, it's not just a matter of them being disciplined. It's a matter of the favor of God taking them to that place. Well, it doesn't seem like such a great existence on this side of the earth. But on the other side, she's interfacing with supernatural powers and angels. She is hanging out with God. That's why it was so possible for her. She could feel God. She can feel the very Spirit of God. 
So she's looking for, again, this Messiah, just like the man was, just, just like uh, uh, Simeon is. Coming to them at that moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She saw it. She saw it. Simeon saw it. They saw the favor of God in these unusual circumstances. What an amazing ride favor is. What an amazing challenge and exciting time it must have been for Mary and the family to be in this zone and the apostles and all of them. And so one of the greatest challenges of our life is responding to the Lord's great favor. If he died for you and resurrected from the dead, that means he has good gifts in store for you. Those good gifts, though, take various turns and shapes and forms. And all of them lead to glorifying God. And all of them lead to your satisfaction in God. That's one thing I've found. Yes, there may be sacrifice and stuff. But you know, when you're walking with God, there's this inner something that happens when you know you have the favor of God. It's like when you're a child. Every child needs this sort of hug from their parents. If they don't have a hug from their parents, they don't turn out right. The favor of God has that way. It not only takes you on wild rides of blessing and what maybe not be blessing, but in the process, even the word favor helps communicate to us that God hugs his kids. So this is what I believe uh, Simeon was feeling. And Anna and all that have experienced God and Mary herself, the hug, the warmth of God in the midst of this crazy ride with God on earth. That's what happens when on earth, as it is in heaven, happens. And that's the challenge and the great privilege of every believer. Amen. So Lord, as we close this time, we have all kinds of things going on that doesn't look like we have favor. But if there's anyone in our culture that has the favor of the Lord, it's your church, it's your people. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to release favor to our neighborhoods, to our relatives, to our friends. May the great favor of the Lord be wherever we go. Lord, I pray, God, you would cause people to walk in the favor you've given them. May so many people come to Christ at this time. May there be so much healing and deliverance. May the church rise to the occasion. May we all rise to the occasion. And in this time, become extremely aware of your closeness, just like Mary, that your purposes may be released and birth on the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we lift all these things. Amen. God bless you all. Highly favored of the Lord.